Hello, Pain to Purpose listeners. <clears throat> I hope all is well. I know it's been a couple weeks since the last time I did a podcast. Um, I had a lot going on the last couple weeks with traveling and catering. And on last week, um, my sinuses had gotten the best of me. Um, wasn't feeling too good, but all is well now. And so on today's episode, we will begin chapter 8 of my book. And that chapter is called um, Believe on Purpose. Believe on Purpose. And we will start that um, chapter out with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. And he says, God's purpose for you is far better than your plan. God's purpose is far better than anything that we could plan for ourselves. Um, We will start out coming from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And again, that's Hebrews um, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, and that was the King James Version. The world will tell you that seeing is believing, but as the people of God, we have come to the understand that according to the word of God, not seeing is believing. The scripture just told us that faith is us believing that he is and that he will do what he said. Let us look at faith in Hebrew and in Greek. I believe when you uh, study the origin of the word, it helps you to get a better understanding of the context in which the word is used. So faith in Greek means to believe. Faith in Hebrew means to believe God. Simply put, to have faith is to believe God. God has given all of us a measure of faith, but it is up to us to put our faith to work. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. No one walks, uh, wants to walk around blindly, right? We want to be able to see what is ahead of us. But God lets us know that when it comes to his instructions and promises, we do not need to see what is ahead of us to believe him and to take him at his word. I tell people all the time that if God allowed us to see the full blueprint, where will we trust him? 
When we can see God in our situation, we're happy, a smile is on our face continuously, but the moment we cannot see him, our whole attitude changes. Have you ever heard someone say, my eyes are playing tricks on me? Well, in a sense, they do, especially when we're always looking through the physical eye instead of a spiritual eye. The enemy uses what we see through our physical eye to trick us into believing that God is not moving or doing what he said he would do. Ben Franklin said, the way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason. In other words, the things that take faith cannot be explained. And a lot of times they do not even make sense. That's why it takes faith in God to believe it to be possible. What is our spiritual eye? The word of God in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Don't try to figure out your situations or try to work up on something. Just trust God to do the impossible. Mark 10, 27 says, With man is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Martin Luther King Jr. said, You don't have to see the whole staircase just to take the first step. And that's self-explanatory. You don't have to see the manifestation of God's promise first to move toward it. It's just like if you have stairs in your home, once you're used to the stairs, you don't stop and think about them every time you go up. Same with God. We should we should not have to second guess every time God tells us to do something, especially if we know who he is. I, I like to say faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. If God promised you a house, start looking. If he promised you a marriage, start preparing. If he promised to heal you, start confessing. If he promised you a job, start applying. You can't sit around and expect God to just drop what you need in your lap. You must do your part as well. James 2.17 says that faith without works is dead. What are the works? Praying, fasting, reading, speaking, and believing the word of God, along with obedience and heeding to the unctions of Holy Spirit. Let us look at the word evidence. It comes from the Greek word elankos, meaning a proof or that by which a thing is proved or tested. We see God proving himself all throughout scripture. As a matter of fact, God is so confident in himself that he gives us the choice to choose him. Biblical faith comes from careful observation and the weighing of all available evidence. I've known God to do the impossible, and his word backs it up. In the Old Testament, they were promised a savior, someone that would be sent to redeem and save the world. So how much easier should it be for us today to put our faith in something that has already taken place? Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Speaking the word of God during your trials helps to build your faith and it helps to build your relationship with God. Then you'll begin to trust him more and more when uh, situations arrive in your life. Praise and faith go hand in hand. It, it, It takes faith to praise God when you're going through something. In the Old Testament, before going out to battle, they will send the praisers out first. 
And, and, you know, praise brought down the walls of Jericho. It was Paul and Silas's praise that caused the earthquake that shook the, the foundation of the prison and loosed the chains of all the prisoners and caused the, the prisoner guards to come and ask, what must I do to be saved? Your praise will shake the foundation of the enemy and he will not have a choice but to loose you. Praise confuses the enemy. He can't understand how you can still praise God when he sent something that was meant to take you out. When you praise God, when when you're going through, it will dismantle the weapon that the enemy formed against you. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, In everything, give thanks. This is God's will for those who belong to him. Your faith will increase when you learn to praise God while you're going through. David, he was on to something when it came to praise. That is all all he did was praise God and, and look how God blessed him. Satan, he was the leader of praise and worship and he knows the power that is in your praise. That's why he brings up so much to try to hinder your praise. Can you praise God when things are going are not going the way that you had hoped? When it, when it seems as if all the doors have closed in your face, when it seems no one is there for you, can you still praise God? God wants his people to get a revelation about praise and faith. Your worship, you, you worship God for who he is. You praise him for what he has done, is doing, and will do. God doesn't want us to just praise him when things are good he wants to know that we can still praise him even when we cannot see him moving um, in our situations and in our lives faith is the hand in which we receive from god he wants us to step out of our comfort zones and, and we can't be moved by people or circumstances because they don't determine where we go god is is the one who validates us and so we must know that he is greater and that Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 1 John 4 and 4. If if you can learn to praise God during what you're going through, in that praise, he will make available everything that you stand in need of. Healing, breakthrough, deliverance, and whatever else you stand in need of, it's in your praise. You need to praise God as if your life depended on it. When a situation arises, let your first response be to praise God in advance for the outcome. And that will continue to increase your faith. And by when I say increase your faith, because the word bless is not the way we've all been given a measure of faith. When I say increase your faith, that means that when situations come up, you don't worry. Your, your worry, you know, when things first happen, we 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 can be very worrisome or anxious about things but the more that you see god work the less worried you are the situations no longer have that influence on you as they did before because you know the same way god worked before he's that same god that can work in this situation and so again if you can learn to praise god everything that you need will be available in that praise daniel said even if he doesn't do it or if he does do it he's still god and that's the mindset that we have to have even if god doesn't move the way i wanted him to or the way i asked him to he's still god and we know that god knows what's best for us better than we know what's best for ourselves so again when a situation arises let your first response be to praise god our faith reminds us of who god is when we are going through 
He is Abba. He's Jehovah. He's El Shaddai, the great I am, and, and so much more. Bishop Noel Jones said, we, can, we connect to God in the spirit by faith. And that means that our minds have to be powerful enough to overcome our circumstances by the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Remember that no matter the situation, look through your spiritual eyes and not your physical eyes. It's not what you see, it's what you believe. And and you must believe God's word above everything else. Dr. Steve Maraboli has a quote that says, if you hang out with chickens, you're going to cluck. If you hang out with eagles, you're going to fly. There, there was a, um, a parable um, that Bishop Noel Jones gave. He, he was on an airplane one day. He was flying um, to a place. And as he was flying, you know, when the, the flight first began, the skies were, were clear. There was, you know, no clouds. It was sunshine, clear skies all the way. At some point in the flight, um, it began to get really cloudy and the plane began to experience a lot of turbulence. And as he looked out the window, it wasn't as clear as it was before. The the window was covered in the drops from the rain. And so it it made it hard to see. In that, the, the, the pilot, he didn't stop flying the plane. But what he did was switch over to the instruments that he had been given. And that's the same thing for us. When things are, when it's hard to see God in our situations or when it seems like, you know, when we look at our situations, it seems like they're not turning for the better. They're not getting better. We have to switch over to the instruments that we've been given. What are those instruments? The Holy Spirit, God's word. His word is truth. It says that um, it shall not return unto him void, but his word will do all that he, he set it out to do. God's not a man that he shall lie. If he said it, it shall come forth. And so we have to switch over to that mindset. Paul told us in Romans, be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so we have to switch over to those instruments, the instruments that God has given us, the main instrument being his word. We have to gird ourselves with his word. And to trust that his word is going to work for us. Romans 8 and 28 says that he calls us everything to work out for the good of those that love him are called according to his purpose. And so, and I know it's a whole lot easier said than done. Trust me, they're, they're, I have to encourage myself and remind myself. And in those moments where I do get down or in those moments where I do feel like, you know, God's not hearing me or, you know, things aren't working out or God's not answering I have to still believe that even though I don't see the physical manifestation of it, God is still doing what he said he would do. Again, he's not a man that he shall lie. And so I have to hold on to his promises. His promises help me to continue on and to live life and trust in God that no matter what's going on in my life, God is bigger than any problem. He's bigger than the situation. He's bigger than the circumstances or the things that I may be dealing with. If God says that he is a healer and with the stripes that Jesus took on his back that I'm healed and made whole, then it is so. If, if God says that I am more than con- more than a conqueror because Christ's love for me, it is so. If God says the battle doesn't belong to me 
It is so. If God says that he uh, is my vindicator, that vengeance belongs to him, it is so. If, if God's word says that he that has begun a work in me shall continue until the day of Christ's return, it is so. If God's word says that as Jesus is in this world, so am I, it is so. And so I have to confess daily his word out of my mouth in order to build my faith, in order to renew my mind so that when again situations come my focus isn't on the situation but i keep my eyes on him the word says to keep our eyes towards the hill from which cometh our help because we know that our help comes from the lord and so now when things happen i'm not focusing on what's happening but i'm keeping my focus on him so that he can give me the instruction that i need in the midst of what i'm dealing with the word says in Matthew 6 and 33, to seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you. And so I have to seek God above all else. And a lot of times when situations happen, we try to seek um, our, and when, when I say seek, seek can be, you know, trying to work our way up on, uh, on our own out of something or, or try to figure out the situation for ourselves. But all I have to do is seek God. And he will give me what I need. He'll provide the instructions. He'll provide me, you know, he'll give me the strength. The word says in our weaknesses, God is made strong. And so, again, we have to change our mindset and our way of thinking. Joyce Meyer says, um, she calls it stinking thinking. We have to get rid of the stinking thinking. And we have to trust God to, to work everything out and to, to seek him for our part in it. God, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to not do? Sometimes we we've been, we been do stuff that, that causes us to be in situations longer if we will just take our hands off of it and trust God. And even like the man in the parable, when he came to Jesus, you know, he trusted Jesus to heal his son. But he also said, help now my unbelief. But even in that, I still think that he had faith because he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. He had enough faith to believe that Jesus would help his unbelief. So even when he thought he didn't have faith, he still did. If, if he trusted Jesus enough to, to, to fill in where he fell short, that in itself was faith. And so that's where we have to... Um, get to and I again I understand it's it's sometimes easier said than done especially when we've been in a, a situation for so long or for a certain period of time and you know it, it just seems like God's not answering he's he's not giving me any guidance or any instruction but it's in those moments that we have to be still and know that he is God I apologize. I lost my power. They were changing the meter outside and it ended up causing the power to go off and it interrupted my last uh, podcast. However, again, we have to be still and know that God is God in our situations and trust that God will do just what he said he will do. The word lets us know that God is not slack concerning his promises towards us. His son may count as slackness. And so in that too we have to um not allow people to dictate you know our situations and how it's going to turn out and especially if they're speaking against what god has already promised or what they're saying doesn't align 
uh, with the word of God. That's all we have to get to know and understand God's word for ourselves. Because if you don't understand God's word, and, and I don't even want to use the word understand, if you don't read God's word for yourself, then anybody can come and tell you anything and you'll believe it because you you won't know the word for yourself. And the word lets us know that in all of our getting to get understanding. And so I know a lot of people have a hard time reading the word because they feel like they're just reading to be reading or, you know, a lot of it doesn't make sense with the these and thous and <laughs> the language that is used. Um, and for those individuals, you know, I would recommend getting a study Bible that breaks the things down for you. Um, the new Oxford annotated Bible is a very good Bible that breaks, you know, things down and it actually gives you the context in which certain words were used and it references and, and provides under, uh, meanings and definitions of, of the different words that sometimes can be hard to understand. Um, the New Living Translation is also a good translation. Um, it, it speaks just like I'm talking right now. It, it takes out the these and thous and speaks more clearly. Um, and I know there's some people who are, you know, they stand by the King James Version and they don't believe in, in reading other versions. Um, I I don't agree with that. I do believe, you know, um, the word is the word. And no matter how it's translated, the word is the word. And even with the King James Version, you know, it was still a translation from the original context. Um, and so... If you have a hard time reading the King James Version, there are other versions out there that breaks it down a little more clearly. And even in, you know, reading the word, whatever translation you choose to read, ask Holy Spirit to give you that understanding, to give you, to open up, you know, the word to you, to open you up to the word so that you can have that understanding, you know, what God is trying to say. And I found at times, there's been times I've been reading the word and it doesn't make sense, but then something may happen in my life and that scripture will come back to mind. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's what God meant when he said this, or that's what he meant when he said that. And so you may not initially get the understanding of what you're reading in that moment. However, when it's necessary, God will provide that for you. Um, and so we just have to trust again that, 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 that falls along in the many things that we have to trust God for. Not only do we have to trust him for the things in our lives and, you know, situations, but we also have to trust even when it comes to his word that he'll, um, break it down for us in, in the time that we need it to be broken down, but don't let that keep you from reading his word um, because as you read his word it's been planted and the word the word of God also says you know one plants one water God brings about the increase and so you can't go wrong when reading his word um, and so I, I encourage you and I have to encourage myself because sometimes I get a little frustrated when reading um, but again I have to trust Holy Spirit to, to lead and guide me even when it comes to the word of God and breaking things down for me um, in a way that I can understand. But again, our title and topic on today, you know, is is believing God on purpose. Um, we have to believe God. I mean, I know, especially in this time of pandemic and supply and demand and prices are ridiculous right now um and just so much going on we have to trust that god is going to take care of us he will 
Um, the word says that he will not withhold any anything from those who walk upright before him. The psalmist said, I was young, but now that I'm old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And so if God takes care of the birds and, and the animals, of, of course, he's going to take care of us, his children. And we have to trust and believe that, you know, things may be outrageous right now. Things may, you know, our, some of us could be living check to check or, or whatever the situation may be. But we have to trust that God will supply our every need. And we have to focus on him and what it is that he's called us to do and leave everything else to him. The word tells us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And so don't let your situations or your circumstances distract you from God himself. Seek him above all else. Seek him above anything that he can provide for us. Seek him above, you know, um, any tangible thing. Um, Seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So and there's so many scriptures that admonishes us to seek God. And so in seeking him, I truly believe that if you seek God first, any other need, any other question, any anything else that, that is in your mind, God will take care of it. Again, he has to be our number one focus. And in focusing on him, we we, we tend to grow our faith in him. And so again, when situations arrive, we're not as concerned as we would have been before because we know that God will take care of it. Or in in in, it, in his taking care of it, you know, there there's a part sometimes that we have to play as well. And so whatever that may look like, we we know that God is going to reveal it to us. If he says be quiet, be quiet. If he says sit down, sit down. If he says be still, be still. If he says go, go. You can't go wrong seeking after God and following his instruction. The word says obedience is better than sacrifice. And so I, I pray that you would be obedient to the will and word of God and his instructions and the things that he provides. And <clears throat> again, when things are hard, when things are hard to understand, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like throwing in the towel, when you um, so much is just going on around you, and you have those questions, I admonish you to seek God because ultimately he's the only one that has the answer anyway. So I pray your strength. I pray God's peace be upon you. And again, I'm sorry for the, the interruption. Um, this this was going to be a short one, but it's, like I said, a continuance of the last one. Um, my power went out. And so uh, again, again, I pray that God continue to be your strength in moments of weakness. I pray that God's grace be sufficient for you each and every day. And I thank God that his mercies are new for us every morning. And I believe God for you. I believe God's will for your life. And I pray that God will do exceedingly above anything that you could ever ask or think. The word lets us know that before we even call out to God, he already knows our need. And so trust that. Trust that. Trust the fact that, you know what? God knew I was going to have the need before I had the need. And so because he knew that, he's already met the need. And until next time, I pray God's peace, protection be upon you. 
be a blessing to someone else, whether it's through a hug, a word of encouragement, however God sees fit to use you, always be open to be a blessing to somebody else. Alrighty, you all have a blessed rest of the day. And until next time, I love you and anything you can do about it.